Uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17, one of my favorite Bible characters. I've asked the Lord all week, for about the past two weeks, I said, I've uh, been studying and reading uh, through 1 Samuel. And, uh, and I said, Lord, uh, help me to be like David was when he was a, a young person. And I know that later in life, David, uh, like most of us, he, um, he, uh, he messed up. He committed a sin. Praise the Lord. He um, asked God to forgive him of that. God restored him. We have many beautiful Psalms in the Bible that uh, encourage us each and every day that David wrote after that. And uh, so I'm thankful that uh, as a young person, uh, he, uh, he has been a great example, not only for young people to follow, but older people like me. And so uh, we're going to get to the story here in just a, a moment, but the reason that I've uh, been directed, I, I asked the Holy Spirit, I said, lead me. I said, uh, I, want, I want our young people. Matter of fact, uh, let, me, let me ask our young people, if you're, uh, oh, let's see, if you're college and down, uh, just stand, college and down, stand to your feet. Let's just look at you just for a moment, and uh, don't be bashful. Look at our young people. Let's give them a hand, and um, you may be seated. I want you to know to begin with, I love you, and uh, our church loves you. And young people, I know today you um, you have it a lot uh, you have it a lot tougher than we did in high school and in elementary school, and um, we um, we 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 battled uh, we battled bubble gum, amen. Uh, that's that's what we battled. We we uh, we didn't we didn't have the temptations that you all have right now. I've told you the great story. I, I love it. It's just, uh, if you ever remember the FFA, Future Farmers of America, uh, they, they were the ones that got to go smoke. They had their own smoking section. And, and um, I, just, I just thought, wow, look at, look at those guys. They're all in their blue jacket, and they're out there smoking. They're not getting in trouble. And if we chew bubble gum, we get in trouble. Um, but young people, I want you to know this. You, um, you always have a friend in Jesus, don't don't ever don't ever forget that. I, I could say that, and we could close, and that would be enough for us today. But you always have a friend in Jesus. You will always have him, even as you get my age. You will need him. You will need Jesus your entire life. Um, you'll always have a friend in Christ. I will say this, and I think I'm speaking on behalf of our church. Our church is always here for you. Uh, if you ever need someone to talk to, if you ever need someone just to love on you, you, uh, you see one of us, and we'll be glad to do that because we love you. Uh, if I didn't love you, I wouldn't be preaching this message this morning. I thought about a message that I could uh, uh, challenge our young people to live for God, have a great school year, have a great day every day of your life, but it's not just for our young people. It's for old people like Grandpa Charles back there. No, it's for everybody. Uh, everybody should be like David was when he was a teenager. Amen? And so um, we're going to look at this just for a moment, and I, I want us to be challenged. And, um, and I want to say this. Here's the key thought uh, for anyone, younger, old, middle-aged, anyone here today that wants to be a champion for God. And in the book of Romans, chapter 8, the Bible has already declared 
that we as Christians, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Don't, don't, don't wait. Oh, I've got to wait till I'm old. I've got to wait till I'm in my 50s or 60s to, to be a champion for the Lord, to be a conqueror. for No, if you're saved, you're more than a conqueror through him that loves you. So, so that's why we're so, to, to act like we're a champion. That's why we're to act like we're more than a conqueror in this world. And so anyway, here's the key thought. I'm going to share some scripture. Joshua chapter 6, verse 27. The Bible says, So the Lord was with Joshua. It was so with Joseph in Genesis 39. And the Lord was with Joseph. Same is true with David in 1 Samuel 16, verse 18. The Bible says, And the Lord is with him. Now I'm going to ask you, if you're saved today, how many of you are saved today? You're not ashamed of saying, I am saved by the blood of Jesus. I'm redeemed. I'm a, I'm a child of the King. <laughs> and I can't wait to go be with him. Amen? I'm going to say this. You then have the same promise that Joshua, Joseph, and David, the Lord is with us. The Lord Jesus himself, the Holy Spirit of God, goes with us every moment of our life, whether we go off to work, whether we go off to school, it doesn't matter. The Lord is with you. And that's why we're to act. We're to show the world that we are champions for the Lord Jesus Christ. So let me just give you a quick background, and we've got to hurry this morning. But Saul, you remember that the children of Israel cried out for a king. We we want to be like all the other nations. Give us a king. Give us a king. And anyway, God gave in to their request. Uh, even though it wasn't his perfect will, he gave in. So Samuel goes and he anoints Saul. The Bible says Saul was head and shoulders above all the people of the land. And, uh, and, and at the very beginning, <laughs> there was some humility in the life of Saul, but, but that humility soon turned to pride when God said, go and destroy the Amalekites. Don't, don't save anything. Destroy uh, human life. Destroy the animal life. Destroy everything. And so Saul thought he knew more than God, and he decided to save the best, and it got him in trouble. And the Bible says that God rejected Saul as being king of the nation of Israel. And so then God tells Samuel, I want you to go to the house of Jesse. I want you to go and, and one of his sons will become the next king. And you know the story if you read your Bible during this time that he goes to the house of Jesse and he lied. The oldest one comes. I'm sure he was, he was uh, uh, probably tall and good looking. And, and Samuel thought for sure, well, this has to be the the next king of our land. And God said, no, no. And he went on down the line and, and uh, got to all the sons and said, are these all your sons, Jesse? And Jesse said, well, no, I, I've got one. That he's out in the field. He's, he's, he's keeping my sheep. He feeds my sheep, takes care of them. And, and uh, he said, go get him. He sent for him. And here comes David. And God spoke to Samuel and said, anoint this young man he is to be the next king of Israel. Now the Bible describes David, gives him this, this uh, title, 
a man after God's own heart. And the Bible says when Samuel was going to anoint the next king that he looked at the sons of Jesse and um, he made this statement. He said, man looketh on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. I want to say this before I even get into my preaching. We make too much of our outward appearance. Amen. And we make very little of what is in our heart. Young people, if I could say this, don't worry about what man thinks about you. Don't worry about what your, your peers think about you. you. You fret more over what God thinks about your heart. You know, we can put on the best of clothes. We can put on the best of everything, make ourselves look, look, look pretty, except for some of us. We, I know we, we're limited in that, but, but we can dress up and say, wow, look how fine I look. But God's not too concerned about the outward appearance. He wants to know what's in our heart. So I'm saying to our young people, they go off to school, whether you're homeschool, public school, Christian school, whatever. Be more concerned with what's in your heart than what you put on the wear that day. Be more concerned with what God thinks of your inside than you do of your outside. So let's jump into the story. This is, again, one of my great favorite stories, and um, I, I've, I've preached it and taught it. I've used it for myself, but we're going to run through it very quickly. And then, uh, by the way, we're honored today. We're going to um, uh, baptize a young man. I'll go ahead and say it. I don't know if they, uh, sometimes they can hear me from back there. But Tanner, stand up, Tanner. I'll just, I'll, I'll just tell them now. Tanner's uh, going off to the Citadel. That's, a, that's an honor for anyone uh, but uh, great honor. Tanner, Tanner knows the Lord as his Savior, but he wanted to be baptized. And I'm going to preach to him just for a moment. Tanner, as far as I know, as long as I've known you, I've known your mom a little bit better than your dad. I think your dad's okay. Um, but your mom, your mom has always had a good heart. As a, uh, a young person, she had a good heart. She had a heart for her uh, mom and her dad, and, um, and she has, a, has always had a heart for the Lord. And I've watched you, Tanner, and um, you've had a heart for your uh, grandmother. Brother Leo's in heaven. You had a heart for your grandfather. You've had a heart for your mom and dad. And I think, best I can observe from you, you've had a heart for the Lord. Don't lose that. Keep that heart for God. Same with all of us today. Keep your heart for the Lord. So in 1 Samuel 17, we have not enough time to read this entire uh, chapter. You can do that on your homework time. But verses 1 through 10, it's a great story. You know it. There's a challenge brought forth to the nation, to the army of Israel. On this side of um, the mountain, there is an army of the Philistines. There is a valley between them, and on this side, there is the army of the Israelites. And the, the challenge of uh, the Philistines is that they have a champion called Goliath, a giant of a man. And uh, 
I was going to, yeah, he's still here. Uh, uh, come on, Grandpa. Um, I, I'd have to go through your sons. Um, is, this, is this James or Benjamin? James. I, I, I thought it was James when I was going through it. Grandpa's going to bring James up here just for a moment. Shake is going to ask very kindly if Big John will come up here. I did not ask permission for Big John until now, but I want to give a comparison of what it was really, really like if you think David had courage. You better believe he had courage. This was in comparison. Uh, can you put him right down, just James, just for a moment? Honestly, that was about the comparison of Goliath versus David in this story. Thank you all. You did such a great job. God bless you. <laughs> so the, the, the challenge was this giant of a man would come out each and every day and cry out, 40 days before, send us a man that he will fight against me. If he defeats me, our, our army, our people will, will serve you. But if he cannot defeat me, you must serve us. And, 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 and it was a thing where it was a scary, scary sight for the children of Israel, as we will see. Now, in verse number 11, and, I, and the reason I'm preaching this is America today. It's Christians in America who have turned tail and become cowards to, uh, to what God has told us to be. But in verse number 11, the Bible says this, When Saul and all Israel heard those words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. There was not, there was not one person in that army that would go against Goliath. They all turned tail and ran. Each and every day when he presented the challenge, they, were, they had no backbone to them. And it reminded me, now I'm just saying this, I love playing ball. But if I had to choose a, a ball team, it would not be the ones that had the most talent as much as it would be Brother Mike and Brother Eddie, those that had heart. Give me, give me nine baseball players that's got heart, and I'll, I'll go up against anybody that's got talent. Because heart, I, I, and, and again, I'm not against the Yankees, but I saw on the news the other day, a superstar makes millions and millions and millions. I don't know if you saw this, but... He was on uh, second base. Someone hit one to the outfield, and he uh, was sent home. Now, <laughs> I can't run very fast. Um, but anyway, when you're trying to score a run, you're going to give it your best. He jogged. He jogged. And the guy in the outfield threw him out by, what, 12 feet. And I'm thinking, you're making millions and millions of dollars, and you're too sorry to give it your all for your team. That's America today. That's, that's Christians today. Christians, got, they became cowards and, and said, Oh, Lord, you have saved us. You have redeemed us. You have given us everything. But I don't have time to go to your house on Sunday anymore. I don't have time to read your word anymore. Lord, I don't have time to love people anymore. Lord, this is all about me now. And I'm telling church, we can't, we can't become cowards and quit serving our God. He deserves our service. He deserves our devotion. He, de he deserves our love. And by the way, 
These young people deserve it. You think, you think that we have a right to quit on God to show them that we're quitters? No, 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 no. If they have any hope in, in, in serving the Lord and being what America needs for them to be, it's up to us. It's up to us to stand against the devil, to stand against what is liberal, stand against what is out there that's crazy. That's why I challenge our young people, don't be cowards. You, my, and I, again, we have good people. My wife, uh, Tommy, you'll like this. In, in school, because public school, they do not teach and preach and promote creation. They teach and preach and promote evolution. But she, on a test, decided to go against evolution. And she put on her, uh, as an answer, uh, creation. And they failed her. Well, let me just say this. Did it scar her for life? Did it, did it destroy? No, I, I, look, I'm glad she did. Someone, someone has had to do it all these years. And so that, that was the group that I watched years ago in high school. <laughs> In public high school, they, a group of girls, and I needed to see it, they would place their Bibles on their other textbooks and walk around high school with God's Word on top. This old unsaved boy needed to see that. I needed to see something, because I thought everything else was what life was all about. It got my attention. The Lord used, Brother Drew, the Lord used that. That why are these girls going around with the Bible, because I'll tell you why they love God. They weren't cowards like a bunch of people are today. And so the children of Israel, what did they do? They, they took off and they ran and they ran and they ran. Now we come upon the young person that I'm going to challenge in five minutes for us to be, the character of David. In verses 12 through 20, you'll notice that David was being very faithful. Not only the Bible says that he was keeper, he, he took care of his dad's sheep. But one day, Jesse said, son, I have a job for you to do. I want you to take some bread. I want you to take some corn. I want you to take some cheese. I want you to go check on your brothers who were at war and, and see how they're getting along. And, uh, and, and don't miss this. And parents, you listen to me for a moment. Because I know, I know how young people are. David, do you know what he did? Two things David did right. Number one, he obeyed. He obeyed. You tell me, because I've read it over and over. I, I've never seen in the Bible where David goes against his dad and says, Wait a minute, old man. Look, I'm a teenager now. You don't have the right tell me what to do anymore. How many of you ever thought about doing that to your old daddy? I, I, I never thought about that. I was not very bright, but I was not that stupid. Amen? But I don't think you were either, were you? And so David said, you know, my dad told me to do something. I, I better do it. And then notice something else here. Young people, you're not going to like me right now. But David had a tremendous work ethic. He didn't mind working as a teenager. Uh, young people, <laughs> it is time that you, it's past time if you haven't done any work, you need to work. You need to, it's all right, mom and dad, for your son 
to clean his room, to do the trash, to do the chores. I like Big John. I, we cut wood together one day, and, and we took it to his house, and here looks like a bunch of bees coming out to help with the wood pile. I said, man, he's, he's doing something right with those boys. Amen? It's all right for kids to work. It's time <laughs> that we realize, get rid of the tablet, whatever else you have for your children to spend all their time on and give them some work to do. David, reason he did something wonderful for the Lord because he was where he was supposed to be because he was obedient and he knew how to work. Now, I want you to see this just for a moment. It seems like our country is in bad shape today. How many of us would agree America is in terrible shape today? It seems, I, I, I love baseball. I'm going to give you a baseball analogy before I quit here. It appears the church saved, we who know Christ as our Savior. It appears, Brother Eddie, that we are in the bottom of the ninth inning. It appears that we have our... The bases are loaded, but there are two outs and two strikes against us. It does not look good if we just look at the world. But I want us to be reminded of something, just like old David. David had more sense than what most people have today. It, it is time that King Jesus is going to come to the plate very shortly. And, and he is going to deliver the biggest hit that's ever been done for us. You know, to score a run, you got to go all the way around and come home. You realize that the Lord Jesus is getting ready to take us home. And so I'm challenging all of us, young, old, everybody, don't tuck tail and quit now. Don't say, oh, no, there's no, no hope. I can't live for God. Young people, you can live for God. You can be a David. You say, what made the difference in David's life when David went to Saul and he heard all this cussing and uh, Goliath making fun of the Israelites' army and, and, and David said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who's he think he is? Word got to Saul that David said, Saul, I don't mind going up against him. I, I, I don't mind. Look, I've gone up against the lion. I've gone up against the bear. And God has delivered those into my hand. You think I'm scared? And you saw the difference of James and Big John. That's how it was that day. And David said, God will help me. If I may say this to all of us, wherever we go, God's with us. God will help us. So what if we get laughed at? <laughs> Brother Todd, have you ever been laughed at? Hey Amen. You know what? Uh, Buck, have you ever been laughed at before? I don't think so, big as you are. Uh, I wouldn't laugh at you. But I'm saying, so what? So what if people mock us? What if people criticize us? Isn't, isn't it worth standing for our Savior? Wasn't it worth for David to show the entire world? And that was his purpose. David's purpose wasn't to be seen and be known in the land. He said, I want this world, I want this land to know that there is a God. And that's why we're here. 
that people can see in our life that there's a God. We're not ashamed of Him. We love Him. He died for us. The least we can do is serve Him and love Him. And so for all of us today as Christians, I want us to be willing to do whatever God wants us to do. Is it going to be easy? No. I talked to my uncle the other day. I was on the subject of David working, and, and uh, I, I didn't know this story. I know a lot of my stories about my grandfather. I didn't know this story. My grandfather, when he was eight, eight years old, is back, I think, in 1906, um, Tommy, uh, and uh, you know who I'm talking about. My grandfather's dad got sick and couldn't work. My grandfather was in second grade, eight years old. How many of you have an eight-year-old son, daughter, grandson, granddaughter, anybody at all? Charlie, I think uh, Charlie's seven. You have to understand, at eight years old, my grandfather had to quit second grade and go to work. 1906, the work he had to do to help support, and it wasn't much money, but it was a little bit. He drove a team of horses and a wagon. Eight years old, quit school to help his family make a living to have food. He would haul coal, he would haul rocks, he would do whatever. I didn't know this till this morning when I went to see Uncle Jimmy. He would go to Mount Tabor to get coal. He would go to Ellet Valley to get rocks, and he would deliver this and be paid a little bit of money to make ends meet. Now, I'm saying to us today, church, we're blessed. We have more than we could ever deserve in, in how we live, how God, we haven't done it ourselves. It all comes from God. And God asks us to do this, just live for me. Don't be ashamed of me. Whether you're in public school, whether you're homeschool, whether you're in Christian school, whether you're on a public job, just live for me. Let, let people know that there's a God. And I'm challenging us today, have a backbone. Stand up, fight the good fight of faith. And don't ever be ashamed of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you for a young teenage boy named David. God that has set the example for many, many years to each of us to take a stand against the giants in our life. And God, today there are more giants than ever that we have to stand against. And I pray for each of us. God, I, you know the burden I have for our young people. Lord, I want each one, every one of them to have a great school year, but I want them to, I want them to take Jesus with them. I want them to have a, uh, take a stand and have a love for you that they've never had before. I want myself to have that. And so God, challenge our hearts to be what we need to be. Pray for parents today that you'll give them a backbone to train their children up and God the way that they need to go. And I pray, Lord, for those who have uh, quit. God, just thrown in the towel, you'll get a hold of their hearts. Lord, not just from this church, but others. God, just, just call Christians back to revival and help us, Lord. Help us in what we do. So thank you, Lord, for our young people. Thank you for moms and dads and grandparents. I want to thank you for America. I love America. But God, she needs help. She needs you today. 
So give us, Lord, a great desire to be a David. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.